Big shout out to Young LA. If you don't know already, he will be performing live at August Fest. If you don't know where you at, welcome back. God Talk Live. I'm your host, Sean of God Radio. Sean, Sean August, the Haitian sensation, R&B sensation. Real nigga blues in your pocket right now. How do I get that crazy? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, there we go. All right, I just wanted to make sure. To the left on the pulpit with me. A nigga I didn't know since high school. We didn't rekindle as of what? When was that? Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. All round of applause. Everybody in the studio, y'all know we be doing this shit by ourselves. But everybody watching online, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, give a round of applause to my brother David Spivey. I was saying Spivey for what? How, when, when was he? That was a long time ago. When was we in school? I don't. 405. God damn. 0405. Um, but if you know where you at, of course, God Talk Live. And y'all know we have amazing high level conversation um it's kind of starting off a little weird today man because i guess somebody goddamn broken the fucking party bus man and y'all know the party bus been uh it's been going good for about three years now and um i don't know everything is kind of unraveling at the end um but we do understand everything works out for our good um that is true and also um i do know there's a lot of people that celebrating the August fast with us. If you don't know, August Fest is August 20th um, from 1 to 8. Of course, we bought the block. We got the vendors. We got food. We got artists coming out. We got um, some great attractions for the kids. Eventbrite, the links are up now. Put God Talk in the promo. You'll get $10 off your ticket. Um, but if you don't know, we are we have introduced what we call the August Fast um, to kind of prepare us and just usher God in, just get in alignment um, with the season that's going to become August Fest, just to make it an unforgettable event. Um, but again, what comes along with the festival, we're fasting for that. But bigger than that, the things that come along with fasting, just the clarity and the willingful sacrifice and the blessings that come along with it. That's really, really what I want to encourage and show everybody the power of doing this. So I couldn't really get the fundraisers to run the way I want to go them as smooth as I want. And Tiny Desk is blowing me up. I understand. Uh, but instead of looking for the money, I'm going to try and get this fast and raise it on a whole nother level to show y'all that the spiritual shit really worked. Alhamdulillah. You hear me? But on the pulpit next to me is my brother, my former Torador, my Torador alumni, um, 0405. Not only did we go to the same high school, it, we read the same road, the same bus. Early in the morning, that West bus, I got picked up right here at the Blue Elementary School. Where you get picked up at? Uh, right here on Crenshaw Florence. Crenshaw Florence. That was your stop. So we went there, and then we went there, and then we went to Crenshaw High School. Yeah. Okay, so you was good. So you didn't see a lot. Um, of course, you didn't see us. We didn't grow up together. We didn't experience school together. Um, just what's your take? How are you feeling right now, this very moment? Man, I'm just extremely blessed, bro. Speak into the mic. My bad. I'm extremely blessed. I'm just happy to, uh, how everything's going in my life, where mm -hmm. I met in my life. Yeah. The doors that are being opened for me, the opportunities that I've been uh, blessed to have. Got love, got family, got good health, man. What else can you ask for? You know, God is directing all my steps. So I like that. Um, and before I get rude and disrespectful with you, I'm going to ask you to do something like I ask every guest that comes along. Um, when they're not here, I kind of take on the responsibility. But if you can, I need you to thank God for something and then ask him for something. That's simple. All right. Sure. All right. Y'all bow your heads, man. 
First and foremost, God, I just thank you for allowing me to be released from the waterless pit and be here back in society with my family, my friends. And I just ask, Father God, that you continue to open up the doors that I need opened up and continue to just bless everything that I touch. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, man, y'all know we started off good. Usually I pray and then I smoke. But as y'all know, we are doing August fast. So no food, no water, no smoking, no drinking, no foul language, no sex, all through the hours of 8 to 5. Only through Monday and Friday, then we can get back to our bullshit on the weekend. But let's get uh, real rude and disrespectful with my brother, David Spivey. Um, who the fuck is David Spivey? Man, that's a complex question right there. Because he's been different things at different times, different facets in his life. Mm. Uh, in school, you know, when you knew me, it was like, all funny games, you know. Facts. Clowning, messing with girls, ditching. Everybody did six periods. Definitely. You know what I mean? Got so, kicked out for that, yeah. Yes. And uh, so I got kicked out of TAF one year for uh, a prank. Uh, I don't know if you remember Zakia. Zakia Ra. Yes. Yes, I do remember Zakia Ra. I at uh, PE. <laughs> they kicked me out of school for that. I came back the next year, and that's when me and Kenny got into the fight. Kenny, uh, Fat Kenny. Fat Kenny. Fat Kenny. Yeah. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, once I got kicked out of TAF, you know what? When I was going to TAF, I never really realized the hedge of protection that it was. Okay. You know what I mean? Because growing up in South Central, but going to school in the Valley, it's like, you know, we was in school and on that bus more than we was doing anything else. Facts. That's why a lot of us is, like, so just close because it's like, I'm with you at 6 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So once I got kicked out of TAF, so right before I got kicked out of TAF, I joined a gang. And uh, it, I, I won't say that it changed me immediately because I still was like who I was, like goofy, clowning. Because this doesn't add up. Right. The bus David on West Bus right. doesn't add up to getting put on. So what right. what happened or what what made you make that decision? So boom, I always like to be real transparent, especially because I talk to the kids a lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was this dude by my house because this one I, I was staying over here on the hundred and nineteenth of Berendo. Okay, and so. I was boxing. I had been boxing like the whole summer before that, and so I had, I was I was getting better and better at boxing and stuff like that. So that was nothing. <laughs> so the hands is okay. They, they getting that confidence sure registered. Got my, you. My sparring partner was Silver Glove. Okay. And uh, so the dude he had a beef with me because I didn't have a beef with him over a girl that I actually didn't even like, and I don't know if she told him I liked her or what. I don't know what the case may be because me and him went from being like, "Hey, what's up?" when we would see each other walking through the neighborhood, and then the next thing you know, he told somebody to let me know that he got a problem with me, and when he see me, it's on, and I'm like, all right, whatever. So I'm walking to the uh, Rouse on 120th of Vermont, and i never forget because there was no school that day, and it was kind of cold. <laughs> so me, my boy uh, Deshaun, and the girl who I guess he thought I liked, her little sister, was with me and another and another female, and so I, I don't see dude. I'm walking, he see me and scream out something, and so my boy like, man, you heard what he said? I'm like, no, nah, what he say? He was like, he called you a B A N. I'ma respect the fast, and mm -hmm. so respect, and so uh, I was like, what? So I look, and so he like start walking. So I just told my boy, hey, you hold these keys real quick in my phone, 
God for sure knew that I was going to just, like, make it's real time, quick yeah. of him. And so when he gets towards, like, the gate, he's like, oh, you want them tough ends. I'll be right back. I've seen that movie way too many times. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go out like Woody Lump Lump and just mm-hmm. sit there and let him shoot and kill me. So I was like, I walked off, boom, ducked off real quick, Went, still went to Rouse. But on my way back, just out of, like, safety, I grabbed a, uh, it was Valentine's. So I bought my mom the little roses that come mm-hmm. in the face, but it was like twofold. If he pop out of the cut somewhere, right over With the face. You know what I mean? But if he don't, these flowers these are going to mom's. mom's. Yes, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? So, so boom, don't see him. We don't run into each other for a while or whatever. And then one day my cousin was moving back to Mississippi. And so they came and stayed with us, and we was walking around. On our way back, he's like in a car with somebody, so I tell my cousin, like, look, if this dude jump, I'll just run to the house. You know, it's my girl cousin. She's like, you all right? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so he dude don't do nothing. But I'm like, man, I'm not finna be walking around my own neighborhood looking to see when mm-hmm. the, the so-called boogeyman is going to jump out. And so, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, understand that my mindset was that of a child. Hmm. And it was it was warped growing up in South Central. My mindset was already warped, and so uh, I went to the local gang. You know what I'm saying? I went I went to uh, one of the OGs that lived on my block, and I was like, "Hey man, I'm like you from Raymond, right?" He like, "Yeah." I said, "Hey, look, I got a beef with a dude, but I need and I need a gun so I can kill him and just get that over this with." This nigga said, "Kill him." And uh, I told him, "I said I ain't got no money, but what I what I, what I will do." I'll kill two of your enemies for you. What? Yeah, I... What? What? Yeah, trust me. That That's what I'm telling you. The, the mindset was warped. And and at that time, I felt like I was in survival mode. Because he'd already... For me, in my mind, in my eyes, he'd already made his first big move on the chessboard. I don't have any money for this gun. But what I will do is go pop two niggas that you don't like to get this gun. Yeah. To protect myself. Yeah. Why didn't you... Can you just speak a little bit to the warped? What do you mean by warped? What, 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 do you, what, what do you mean by that? So warped is like, if you look at, if you ever seen metal, anybody ever mess mm-hmm. with metal? For sure. Gets heated too much. When the it pressures warps. apply, yeah. Got you. And if it turned the wrong way, see, the metal is no problem when you're heating it up. Because mm-hmm. now it's malleable. It's once you twist, turn, now the metal is warped. Mm-hmm. Growing up in South Central, you know, we grew up in a time when it wasn't just skinny jeans. Speak a little closer in the mic. We yeah. grew up, you know, we Perfect. grew up in a time when it was not just skinny jeans yeah. and, you know, all that going on. It was like you had thugs. Mm-hmm. You had cool dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, you had athletes. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, you had the dudes that was all the way out the way. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, you just see that. And so you just know, like, okay, what does it take to survive? And, you know, if you think back on your own life, fights that shouldn't have never even happened. You know, fights that was over something real, real stupid that pride, ego got in the way of. Mm-hmm. But you see that, and that's what you learn. Okay, that's what I got to do. Got you. That's how I got to. That's, that's the warped. only way. Yeah. Because, you know, people with real common sense, people whose belief system isn't warped, what are they going to do? Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Hey, police. Hey, teacher. Somebody. They're going to let somebody know. Yeah, for sure. This is my problem, and he's threatening me. He should be locked up. But me, I'm like, well, I grew up in the hood. You don't go to the police. 
You can't tell the police nothing. What did, did I'm going to just go get a gun by killing two niggas? You know, like and what? So it just was because I just felt like I had no other choice. Got you. No, I, hear I knew you. he didn't want to fight me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, do I just keep walking around this? Do I keep just walking around until he killed me? Now, this man wants to kill you. Right. Are you sure you didn't hit that? You didn't hit his girl. No, no, no. You didn't touch the booty. You didn't nothing. Zero. That's this was crazy. my neighbor. We just was. We so close now, I called her my cousin. And you still know her? I still know her. Oh, my God. Let me, let me get a sound effect oh, from my brother. No. <laughs> let me get a sound effect from my brother. All right, so you get the, you, you tell OG, you said, look, I'll, I'll pop two of your enemies if you give me this hammer because I need to protect myself. And then what? And he was like, are you serious? Right. I'm like, I'm like yeah, I'm dead. Right. I'm like, I'm dead serious. And, and his head, he was like, oh, we just found a gym. We didn't even have to recruit. He came to us. Fuck. And he was like, he like, what do you know you as? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, he's calling me that light-skinned dude. And so he was like, all right, cut, don't even trip, homie. You know what I'm saying? Here, come roll with me. So I was like, all right, I'm rolling with him. And now it go. And this is the cold part about it, right? And I used to tell this uh, story when I was uh, incarcerated. I know we'll get to that. Yeah. That after all of this transpired, I'd never seen dude again. And in the course of all of this, hanging out every day, because in my head, I'm going to see him. And I'm going to jump out, and I'm going to do him. Never saw him again, but now I've been hanging out more and, and more you and in more. This, you in a whole situation. Now I'm in a whole different situation, right? And I love the fact that your, 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 your show is called God Talk, and I like to do a lot of inspiration and motivation, and mm-hmm. I'm a uh, deep believer in God. When I woke, when I got put on my neighborhood, so we're going to fast forward. I'm listening. I ended up getting jumped in. And I remember waking up out of my sleep that night. I was still going to Taft. And I was like, what the hell did you just do? Mm. I woke up out of my sleep. Literally, like, I'm sitting there knocked out. And I wake right up out of my sleep. I said, what the hell did you just do? Because I allowed my childish way, my childish thinking drove me to a... That Permanent was a grown decision. man decision. Yeah. That's not a kid decision. Yeah. That's why I advocate for kids not to be a part of games because mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing. You yeah. don't know how to think this out. Right? And so, um, and so now, now I'm put on. You know, and now the belief system is even more warped. It's warping more. Yeah. Because now in my head, now that I'm from a gang, I'm like, hold on. I don't want to just be a regular dude from over here. I don't want to be just such and such from over here. I like. I want to be somebody. I want to have respect. I want. I want power. I want say so. I want to be one of them dudes. And so that that was just fighting, shooting, whatever it was, selling drugs. Oh, he got cuz got to get put on. Come on, I, I I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? And so it just kept getting warped more and more and more until uh, the warpness just got all the way out of control. March fifth, two thousand six. Man, I was arrested for murder. Whoa. Okay. Murder, attempted murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and uh, shooting an at a dwe- in, yeah, an occupied dwelling. So. At 17. At 17, you said this was March 5th, what? 2006. A year after I graduated. Yes. I'm working <laughs> I'm working at Walmart in, in, in Long Beach in the layaway department with my nigga Yafet. Shout out to Yafet. I did get fired for fighting. I knocked the nigga out. I got fired. My auntie had to fire me. But. 
It ain't this, nigga. Right. It ain't this. Right. You can bounce back from a fire. I can bounce back from that. You hear me? Right. Um, uh, slow motion. Let's let's go. You woke up on March fifth, two thousand six, and, and and what did you do? You brushed your teeth, brushed, and then brushed what? My teeth. Went and got some Hennessy early in the morning. This nigga said Hennessy for breakfast. Where's what is going on with this nigga already? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Smoke. Um. Like I said, I was a man. I was a disgusting person. I wasn't even a person. I was a disgusting monster at that time. Um, I had <laughs> ran away from home. I was on house arrest. Cut that off. Ran away from home. Nigga said, in the streets. And uh, when my neighborhood uh, was at, it was off of Century and Prairie, this is when it was like the whole straw. So I'm on the run. I knock. I'm you know knocking little renegades here and there and. You know, they drop, they ain't not no real pimp. They dropping off some money to yeah, a real yeah, pimp yeah, yeah, yeah. pick them up. You know what I mean? And then, uh, so March 5th, 2006, bro, that day was going smooth, you know, in a warped sense. You know, because it don't make sense for a, a 17-year-old kid to get up and go buy Go get Hennessy and smoke a blunt. Yeah, right. that's not normal. You know, and in a room with prostitutes and selling crack cocaine. Exactly. And so, driving around that day. Just had we were, we were in the Grand Prix, and I'll never forget because the big moment was Lean with a Rock with it was out, right? <laughs> That's how old this is. <laughs> Go Google that for the kids who who don't know what that is. Look it up on YouTube. Shit. And so we driving the car when it's saying Lean with it, we Rock with it, we. So it was some girls. I'm in the passenger seat. My boy driving. I see some uh, ladies in the next car. I say, Hey, what's going on? Shane Ding with us. What's happening? We'll, they're like, oh, what's up? We're going to go to a funeral. I'm like, man, give me your chirp number. Google that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they had gave me the chirp number. We had said that. We were going to go to the movies later that night, chill, hang out. Then a lady friend of mine called me. She had got a hotel suite for us with a jacuzzi because that was like a big fantasy of mine. And uh, she was like, I got, the, I got the hotel suite. Pull up. I'm like, all right, for sure, don't trip. I'm sitting there waiting to go see my girlfriend on Myrtle and Hardy. Okay, hold on. So you have a girlfriend. Yep. You bagged a bitch. Yeah. And then you have another bitch booking a suite for you. Yeah. So it's, okay. All right, so you're waiting for your girlfriend. Go ahead. And so as I'm waiting for my girlfriend, <laughs> boom, we see a car full of the opposition, right? No. Or the proposed opposition. Mm -hmm. Because my mindset is much different now than it was back then. Warped. And so... uh Boom, just having that sighting kind of like roused us up because we was in a gang war with this uh, neighborhood. And uh, from that, it was like, boom, call the big homies. Hey, we just don't trip. We finna pull up. Somebody pull up. Guns, let me get that. Let's go. Let's go hunt. Uh, murder was committed. Driving up the street. Got pulled over for... Some bullshit. No lights. La head, I was just about to say, like a tail of some stupid shit. The headlights was out. Gave him probable cause to make the traffic stop. There was an eyewitness across the street at the forum. Matter of fact. The forum is right here. He was standing right there. Like right here? Literally. And smoking a cigarette and saw the whole thing. I told the police what car. Did it, what? It was that way. The guys who did it, they just, they're in a white Sedan, they just went that way. And so, boom, it happened. And oh, you can put it in my room. 
That's how everything. That's how everything happened. Stay right there. Uh, got locked up for the murder. Uh, like I said, at seventeen. Uh, that's just what it was, man. Can we go to break? Cause this nigga, this ain't the David that was on the bus with me, dog. And I seen you, and I was like, that's David. And then he was like, hey, nigga, I just got it. I'm like, that ain't David. <laughs> right. But it's David. Right. And we're going to get into everything that you done learned, everything you done went through, everything you done processed, bro. Because what you call it? The uh, the well without water? What you call it? Waterless pit. The waterless pit? Yeah. You survived, nigga, but you out here. Um, Before we go to break, do you think you owe anybody an apology? Oh, I owe a lot of people apologies. All right, get a couple apologies off before we go to break, man. Just whatever comes first in your heart. Well, first and foremost, I'd like to apologize to the victim's family, you know, uh, the pain that I caused you on a daily basis because I know that there is no amount of time to grieve or get over the loss of a loved one. I'd like to apologize to the community of Inglewood in South Central Los Angeles for which I terrorized for years on end. Um, the people that I set a bad example for, uh, mainly my little brother, you know, who is deceased now, Lil William, he's dead. And I, I definitely like to apologize to my uh, mother who is no longer here, my family. You know, um, the way I was living, the way I was carrying on, the things that I was doing was unacceptable in any facet. I make no excuses for what I've done, and I just live a life of repentance. That's all that needs to be said, man. As many apologies as we can, the ultimate, the ultimate thing he said is he repent, man. God is the creator. That's our real father. So as long as we good with him, uh, we on the right path. We're going to go to a break. We'll be right back, man. Saying the homies was out there, nigga was like a nigga like a whole barbecue. She ain't never seen a nigga run these racks up. Treat the blood like the henny stay loaded up. If it ain't about the money, I don't give a fuck. Baby, know it's going down when I pull up. Broke in my game. Spend the whole bag on the chain. Spend the whole bag on your brain. If you ever try to take my chain, don't wait. Get it right now. Don't wait till it blow up. Then try to let a nigga fuck. Bitch, you too late. Is you stupid or what? I don't wanna fuck cause I'm 
This nigga said he can't go to the club because of his celly. What the? We about to get David Spivey outside, man. If you know where you at, welcome to Fuck Back God Talk Live. Excuse me. If you know where you at, welcome back. God Talk Live. I'm your host, Sean of God. Radio Sean, Sean August. The Haitian sensation, R&B sensation, real nigga blues in your pocket right now. To the left of me, David Spivey. He done let us all in his business. Hey, with you by my side. Uh-huh. We can touch the sky because we win. We win, we win, we win, we win. Uh-huh. We win, we win, we win, we win. Uh-huh. We win, we win, we win, we win. We win, we win, we win, we win. I need to say something, because I know there's some specific people watching right now. Look, <laughs> last episode, we talked about embracing that separation, be it people, places, or things. Embrace that separation. That's why we're willingly fasting right now. We're willingly sacrificing and getting rid of these things, understanding how they're not as valuable and important as we seem to make sure we make room for God to pour into our spirit. Because I know there's bigger and better and greater things that we all want to obtain and accomplish, and we got to make room. So let's clear out the filth. Let's use this August fast to clear out all the nonsense and all the bull burgers and all the bull, all kind of stuff we've been putting in our system, and let's make room for God to do his thing man round of applause for god another round of applause for my brother david spivey oh my god um you you apologized to a few people and i felt and believed that it was completely sincere um but let's talk about what led you to ultimately being apologetic or being um understanding of what's going on um, from March 5th, 2006 to now. Just kind of tell me some changes that your mind has went through. Okay, great. And uh, so I feel you were like searching for the word, but like in prison is we just call rehabilitation. And, rehabilitation, and, and, okay, yeah. And what accomplished that is the remorse, the empathy, Got you. and the responsibility. You Got know you. What I mean? uh, remorse, empathy, and responsibility. Yes, sir. Got you. And so uh, <coughs> what got me to that point, it wasn't overnight. Talking to the mic a little bit. It wasn't overnight. It Perfect. was just a, a multitude of steps and days and time uh, invested in myself. Uh, I would say the first step was my mom's passing. Uh, went to prison December 2nd, 2010. My mother passed away from lupus. Uh my mom died from lupus too. Man, that's crazy. Two thousand. She di she died January eighteenth, two thousand eleven, from lupus. And the cold part about it was when I was going to trial. I told myself, I said, I said, David, if you lose this trial, your mama gonna die. I just knew that because me and my mom was like this. We was connected. We, I was always the help that she could always count on. Hey, I'm staying. Got to go to work a little later. Fix you and your brother something to eat. Check your brother homework. Clean up. Okay, I got you, mom. Don't trip. She she knew she could work an extra job because I was there. I was I could help with the homework. I could help with the cleaning, with the cooking and stuff. That's like what that. I got from you on West, bro. Yeah. When we got on the bus, that's what I got from you. Yeah. And that that's like I said, that's the whole thing with warp. Warp would take something mm -hmm. that's I'll just for lack of better words, beautiful and distort it. And you know, sometimes 
And I, I, lo- I love to tell the kids, because, and I really love to tell the parents, because a lot of times, you know, you think, like, a kid just turned bad, or it's just he's bad, or she's bad. But it's like, no, it's all these things that they've seen growing up, things that they put inside their... So my biggest thing I always try to tell parents is, like, not only watch what your kids are watching, and that's not just TV. People think it's just TV and the phones. Watch what they're watching on the street. You know, uh, you drive up Figueroa. You see, you this girl probably 18, probably younger than that, 19, 20. But they out there with the fresh laces, the fresh out. Now, if you got a little girl driving by and seeing it every day, every day when she walked to the store, she see them, they, hey, little wooty woo. She, oh, that's love. They, them, 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 they not bad. They, you need to talk to your kids and give them the real. When you're with little boys, for the most part, I would say 95% of gang members didn't grow up and want to be a gang member. Hmm. It's a choice that's made out of desperation for the most part. Uh, a lot of people feel hopeless. They don't know what they're really going to do. We're, we're pushed so much to, you have to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this in order to be successful. You got to do this. And everybody can't handle that pressure. You got to go to college. You got to go to college. Or if you're playing basketball, you got to get your jump shot better. You got to. Well, everybody's not going to play basketball. Even if you're good in high school. I mean, we went to school with yeah. elite athletes. Elite. I think, what, two made it? It hurts my feelings when I think about all the elite niggas we went to high school. Like, and it's only, uh, you can count on your hand how many of them. Right. And the two biggest athletes that we went to school with, although they had success in the NFL and the NBA, they were never big household names. Agreed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we went to, for those who don't know, we went to school with Steve Smith and uh, Jordan Farmer. Facts. Super Bowl champion, NBA f- Finals champion. So, Facts. You know, uh, but we also went to school with Paul Pratt. And Malcolm My, Smith, uh, Super Bowl MVP and champion. Yes. Facts. Uh, Shout out to Malcolm. For sure. I used to talk about it in prison. <laughs> Shout out to Malcolm. Yeah, that's the, you I, feel me? That's a I good one. Like, I used to be like, hey, people, and you know what's crazy? People in prison... Because so many people be lying. Mm-hmm. People think you capping all the time. I'm like, man, that's my boy. Man, you don't know that. Bro, I used, we used to eat lunch together. We used to chill. We used to shoot. I didn't shot dice with this guy. I didn't. We didn't bend on the basketball. We didn't. Like, bro, it's not hard to believe. It's, he, he, it's he tough, just first kid, and foremost. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And exactly, it is tough. And it's like a powerhouse school for sports. But uh, I say all I like to say is that seeing things so much and coming up with your own conclusions of why this is or how things have to be done based off of just visual learning, mm-hmm. you know, vi- these visual aids in the neighborhood, you know, even like with yourself, we grew up seeing crackheads, so that's not unnormal. Yeah. But you bring somebody from the suburbs, you bring a Woolen, Hit ki- Woolen Hills kid to stay w- the weekend with you and I, they're going to be like, whoa, hey, did you see that? You're like, what? That dude just smoked some crack like. Okay. Yeah. That's regular. No, it's not. But we grow up in these abnormal situations, and that's what warps the belief system because you start what's wrong seems right because you see it all the time. There's no reason, like, and I just want to go back to the, like, what prostitution. There's no reason that girls should be lined up up and down the street. There's no reason that certain streets in L.A. or wherever you may be is known as a prostitution zone, and you'll see the police driving right by. Driving right by. So it's like looking at the ass. So it's like at the butt. Sorry. If you see that all the time, you're like, ain't nothing wrong with that. People ain't doing wrong. Gangs. We grew up in a gang culture. It's like 
even in L.A. growing up, you don't even have to be a gang member for the most part. Where you stay at? That's That was the second question when dudes bang. Hey, where you from? I don't bang. Where you stay at? Mm-hmm. Damn, you just want to get me. So if I can't beat y'all, I'm going to have to join y'all so then I can stand strong on, oh, where you from? Yeah, or we going to be fighting. This is where I'm from. Yeah. Now what? You know, so... I always tell people my best thinking led me to squatting and coughing. My best thinking led me to squatting and coughing. For those who don't know what that means, when you go to jail, that's how they search you. They strip you naked, you squat down like a catcher, and you cough. My best thinking got me that. This nigga said your best thinking got you in jail. My best thinking. That was your best my thinking. Most, my most elaborate scheme in life led me to prison. So... Not only did it lead me to prison, right? It led me to a life sentence. It led me to not see my mom and my brother's last days on this earth. So I told myself, I said, David, I was in Pelican Bay State Prison. I said, uh, if your best thing in thinking got you squatting and coughing, don't you think it's time to change the way you think? I said, yeah. Well, who, who's the best person to get you to help you think? Growing up, my mom always told me. She told me and my brother over and over, when you don't know what to do, go to God. We go. So, and to show people how strong, how powerful God is, I prayed that night. I said, God, I don't know what to do. Help me. The very next day, the chaplain for the prison came to my cell. I did not put a request in for a job or anything. He comes to my cell. He says, hey, you want to work in the chapel? I said, for sure. For sure I do. Number one, in Pelican Bay, you're always in the cell. So I'm like, a job gets you out your cell. Get you outside. The chapel, I can start building my relationship with God. I can literally just go in there and study. The next day after you pray. The next day after I pray. And so I get that job. I'm working in there. I'm always in a positive environment. I've still got my hands in politics. I'm still got to say, hey, man, what's, what, 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 you know, all the, all the stupid stuff. You know, people glorify it and make it think it's cool. It's, it's dumb. It's, it's extremely stupid for everybody who is watching, kid, uh, teenager, young adult, middle-aged adult, all the way to the old adult. It's stupid. Stop it and let it go. So, now I'm cultivating my relationship with God. I'm, I'm in the chapel, so I get to hear all the services. They got the Catholic service. They got the Islamic service. That's a bar. You feel me? They got the Judaism service. They got the Buddhism service. Mm. So I'm around all this positive Everything. energy. I'm around all this positive energy. My bosses love me. Uh, this, I'm not going to, those CEO, they didn't love me, but they wasn't fearful of me. Mm. You know, they'd be like, hey, what's up, Spivey? I'm like, nothing much. What services we got? It was to the point where they would come to me and ask me what's going on in the chapel and not even ask the chaplain. So I started seeing the favor of God on my life. And I remember my mom used to always write me letters before she died. She would always say, David, God got a plan for you. And what God has a plan for you, can't nobody stop it. You know what I mean? Uh, You can delay God's plan, but it can never be stopped. And by the grace of God... Few little incidents, wasn't uh, bag four, drop some points, go to a level three. Boom. 
What does that mean? That means lower a downgrade or yeah. upgrade? Up, la- downgrade. <laughs> okay. Highest is uh, level four, 180, which I was in Pelican Bay, 180. Then you got level four, 270 designs. Then you got level threes, level twos, level ones, fire camps. Okay. And so I made it to a level three. And Pelican Bay is so depressing, bro, that when you get transferred, you feel like you're being released. I'm literally on a bus like this, like, because I'm going to another prison. I'm like, man, I'm out of here. Thank God. Yes. And yes. <clears throat> when you say it's so bad, what may, of course, we think dirt, we think just the violence and just that, but you being in there, experience it, waking up in Pelican Bay, going to sleep in Pelican Bay, which a lot of us only know because of the movies. Right. What? Give me that detail that put a smile on your face, leaving there, going to another prison. Well, number one, Pelican Bay is in the last city in Northern California, Crescent City. Like, when you on the freeway or even just on the road, it says Oregon, California. Like, you just make that right. You in California. Keep going. You going to Oregon. It's like, boom. All our commercials, all our advertisements is Oregon advertisements up there. Mm. So most people don't get most people don't get visits. Most people are without family, and because of the riot and all that stuff, you don't have a lot of phone action. So you can't call as much as you want to. You can't stay. You go to Pelican Bay, you're gonna lose your girl. You know what I'm saying? Most de- unless she's really really solid, you're losing her because it's hard to keep a girl with just a pin in the pad. Uh, Family dynamics is hard because you may get a letter and say, hey, grandma ain't been feeling too well. Well, you got to write a letter to them for them to write back to you to say what's going on. That's stressful. Stressful. Then Pelican Bay is one of the most political prisons in California. It's always something going on. And everything is dealt out in violence. You know, uh, we don't have disagreements. We have riots. You know, that's just what it was. So it's, it's hella miserable. You got a bunch, 98% of the yard has got numbers that don't even make sense. Like, oh, I got 500 to life. Oh, I got four life sentences. I got 500 to life plus two uh, LWAPs. I got 98 years. I, I, I took a deal for 36 years. You know, me, I had 58 to life. Well, it started with 100 to life. And Nigga. Yeah. 25 to life for murder, 25 to life for <clears> gang, <throat> uh, the gun enhancement, 35 to life for conspiracy to commit murder. 15 gun to enhancement, life. that's a silencer. No, just because the murder was committed with a gun. If you shoot, and so in California, they have the 10, 20 to life enhancement for guns. That's why you can do a robbery and the robbery only carried three years, but you got 13 years you get or 23 years because you got the piece. <clears throat> and uh, if you use it in the commission, that's, that's it to life. So that I got 50 to life just off the murder. Uh, got a not guilty on attempted murder. Uh, 35 to life for the conspiracy to commit murder and 15 to life for the uh, shooting in the habit of dwelling. And so uh, got the 35 to life stayed. And sentencing left me with uh, so at, at original sentencing they only gave me eight years for the shooting in the habit of dwelling, three years for the shooting, five years for gang enhancement. So I had 58 to life at, the, at sentencing. Took me back down uh, court in 2013, took the eight years away, and gave me 15 to life. So now I have 65 to life. 
fought that on appeal, got that overturned, back to the eight years, whatever. Ooh. Um, but when my mom died, I was in Tracy. I was in DVI. Called it, it's in Tracy, California, so that's why everybody called the prison Tracy. Um, I had a black counselor, Miss McFadden. And so uh, when I first got to prison, I wrote my mom, hey, mom, I'm going to the law library every day. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not accepting this life sentence. Don't worry about it. Your boy is on his, he on his job. It's like once I got the time, my mind was like, give it back. If they can give it, I'm going to give it back. And uh, at the time, I didn't realize I was practicing the law of attraction, which I am a big practitioner of now. Um, every day, my mind would just focus on getting out of jail, getting out of jail, getting out of jail. And so I got two cards, and it said, love your mom. And I'm like, that's not what my mom's. she don't write that. Like, all her cards, letters, love mommy. So I'm like, pull out my, my old stuff, looking at it. Is this the same handwriting? I give it to my cellie. Hey, man, is this the same handwriting? He's like, I don't know. It looks like it is, Cuddy. I'm like, nah, this ain't my mom. So they end up calling me because when you're in reception, you wait, you wait on the council to call you so they can endorse you to another prison. Spivey, go see your counselor. Oh, hell yeah, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go pick these prisons. Let's get this show on the road, right? Because, you know, when you get in there, the first, you know, it's like, let's start this journey. Let's get this journey going. She makes a phone call. She mispronounces my aunt's last name. My aunt's last name is Map. She said Mapes. Boom, I'm like, antenna's all the way up. Call back, get my aunt. My aunt's like, hey, David, how you doing? Is my mom dead? First question out of my mouth. The counselor's like, don't say that. And then my auntie was like, David, I try to do everything. And I just like broke down. I just broke down crying. So, boom, I go to the cell, sitting there crying. My celly at the time, he had lost his father to cancer. And uh, this cat from uh, Sacramento. And uh, so he was kind of like, man, bro. I know you mad. I know you sad. He like, but uh, I watched my daddy die. He like, that ain't no joke. Mm. So he like, maybe it was a blessing for you not to have to see your mom go through that. So I was like, for sure. But now, going back to the war belief system, I'm like, I want to hurt somebody, but I don't want to hurt an inmate. So I'm gonna purposely go to child today, tuck my shirt. I mean, untuck my shirt, tuck my pants into my socks, because they don't want you to do that. And my son, and, and the cold part about it, the uh, CO's name is Bailey. Last name is Bailey. My mom's last name was Bailey. So I'm like, I'm going to attack Bailey today. As soon as he say, tell me to tuck my shirt in, I'm just going to get cracking at him. Go to like, child. You're going to swing on? Yeah, I'm going to just go. And because um, you got to think, 21, life sentence, mom just passed. I'm tripping. I'm sick. Dude, this how I know, and this is why I tell people, this is how I know God had his hand on me. I go to chow. Bailey looks at me, goes, don't say nothing. Mm. A dude, two people behind me, he says, hey, you, tuck your effing shirt in. So I'm just like walking to the chow. I'm just like, 
eyes still red. I'm just like, what the hell? What is going on? I wanted to attack him. What is going on? I did. I pulled his triggers. On purpose. I know his triggers. But God, you know what I'm saying? Put that arm right there. Shield me and kill me in his bosom. <laughs> Even if I wanted to do damage, I couldn't. He did. God was like, you're not going to do anything today because I'm going to stop him first. Before you even come out, I'm going to stop him first. We didn't talk about that so much on this show. For the fact this man is telling this story is right. This is crazy. Go ahead, man. So, fast forward, go to Pelican Bay, all that. Get transferred to a level three. I'm coming in from inline because on level three, you get a lot more yard time. So they do inlines. You know, you want to go grab something. If you don't want to be on the yard no more, you can go inside, shower, get on the phone. So I'm going in, in line, standing there. Asian dude comes out of nowhere. Hey, man, you want to go to college? I'm like, man, I ain't no damn money for no college. What are you talking about? He's like, no, it's free. They'll, they got a uh, bog waiver. They'll, they'll grant you. Uh, I'm like, yeah. So I took Spanish the, uh, the first, first semester for the summer semester. Uh, eventually got uh, my certifications in uh, business. Um, but Ironwood State Prison is where the truest and most purest form of my transformation happened because I was around so many older convicts who themselves were on transitioning to change. And I always tried to be the person who was like, I want to learn from you and your mistakes, so I don't got to make them. You know, it don't make no sense. If you got a woman by mom, what did you do wrong? Because I'm not doing it. I don't want that. Or if I'm doing it, I'm not going to get caught. Is that, or yeah. let's do it better. Yeah. So I would just kick with a lot of OGs. You know what I'm saying? I still was kicking it with the homies or whatever, whatever, would attend church. But I was still like, if something happened on the yard and the Crips involved, I'm, I'm, I'm getting cracking. I don't care. It, that's, that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. I remember being in a law library, and that's why they say everything is perfect timing. I always tell people, where you are, it's exactly where you need to be when you need to be there. So I'm in the law library, and I hear these dudes talking about a group, a self-help class. And I'm like, hey, man, let me get in for that because I already knew that if I had to go the parole route, I would need to have a uh, paper chase. I would have to, you know, have a paper trail, trail yeah. to show them, look, I was investing in myself. I was working on myself. And I'll never forget my auntie told me, she said, David, me and mama, we tried everything we could to keep you from being in there. But now you're there. And, you know, my mom told my aunt to tell me before she died, tell David he got himself in there, he got to get himself out. Hmm. So I took that to heart, literally. Hmm. And so my auntie said, hey, now you're playing the white man game. You can't use no nigga rules playing a white man game. Mm. You're not going to accept them. And I was like, okay. So... What that translated for me, what that meant to me, I got to come correct. And I'm not, and, I, and disclaimer, because I, I hate when people, our, our people have to say that we got to be two times better or mm-hmm. like we're great who, however Exactly, we are. natural. You don't got to be two times, three times greater than nobody else. Mm-hmm. You just got to apply yourself. Um, so I was like, okay, I got to come correct. And I used to tell everybody, because my gang name was Baby Roscoe. And I used to say, they'll let David out of prison because David's a good dude, mm-hmm. but they won't let Roscoe out. Got it. So I got to annihilate this guy. I have to kill him off, and I don't know how to do that. So the prayer came. God, just continue to guide my footsteps, 
illuminate my path. Because I don't know which way to go. My Again, my best thinking got me got squatting you in squatting coffee. Got you squatting So I ended up getting that group. And I, I told this same story to the parole board. So in this class, so in, in prison they got all these self-help classes. And a lot of dudes go, we call them chrono chasers. I was originally a chrono chaser. And so this is the dude that's in the class. You may be facilitating, like, yeah, woo, woo, woo. Uh, what do you think you met? You asked one person, you know, what is, what, what are some uh, values that you used to hold on to? And I'm like, you know, loyalty, all the same stuff. Everybody say loyalty, uh, respect, honor. And you go to the next dude and he'd be like, oh, you know, same thing as him. But, and, you know, they would let that go. But in ACP, which is the Addiction Counseling Program, they have a thing where they call, they call bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was the older dude in prison used to remind me of you all the time. Like, every time I see him, I was like, damn, that remind me of my boy, right? For real? For real, because his his whole aura. Yeah. And I just remember your, your swag crazy. from high school. You know, you was like, walk in the room, hey, what's going on? Hey, yeah, man, woo, woo, you know? And so, uh, and uh, so what happened? I didn't want to be called bullshit on I did not want to be embarrassed. I did not want to have that happen to me or anything, right? So, at the end of class, my my greatest mentor that I had, Raynard Courtney, we called him Nardi, free Raynard, and uh, older cat up out of San, uh, San Diego, OG Damu, but he became a uh, Muslim, but he just was well respected. You know what I'm saying? Just well respected. And Nardi says, what made what you did acceptable? So I you know, threw my hand up. I would give a shallow, uh, a, a deep, shallow answer, something where I can say a little something without saying too much and not get BS called up on me, right? So he said, nah, y'all go to y'all cell and think about it. Let me mm. answer it in the morning. So boom, I go to my cell. So I'm like, what made what I did acceptable? Are we in a gang war? Nah, that's not. Nah. It was them or me. Nah, uh-uh. you know that's it, that's just how it is. No, nah, that's mm-mm. and you know I'm going through all these shallow things until I finally get to the deep end, and I just had to admit it. And I knew it, but I didn't never want to say it because you know once you say what you know, you have to apply that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's free jewels. And uh, I came up with I was selfish because if I love my mom, like I said. I wouldn't have joined the gang. If I love my brother, like I said, I wouldn't have joined the gang. If I love myself, like I said, I wouldn't have joined the gang. And, he, and most importantly, why would I ride it out? You know what I'm saying? Because holding on to the street values is selfish. Unless you have nobody else in the world. To be responsible for it. Period. So if your whole family's dead. You have no kids. I get it. Then, then I okay, get it. We get it. But if you have anything you to live for, all this going on, you're selfish. Why would you not sacrifice your popularity with a gang to increase your love in your family for your kids, your wife, your brother, your si- whomever? So I had to admit that. And when I when I said that, I was like, "Ooh, that's ugly." I got to be better. And going back to uh, reception, my counselor told me don't let my mom's death be in vain. She said, do you know what I, do you, 
She said, do you know what I mean by that? I said, no, nah, break it down. She said, while your mom was alive, all you did was break her heart. Make her smile now. Next day, I went and got my GED. Got that in two days. It's, it was dudes in prison that's been in GED class for five, six years. Or they hold prison's term. Imagine a dude that's 46 still in GED class. And he already been in prison 25, 26 years. You feel me? So, got a GED. I eventually got baptized. Hmm. Uh, although I was baptized, I still wasn't clean because my mind was still warped. We that's that's when I was baptized as well. I got baptized really because of the pressure, mm-hmm. really because it was the cool thing to do in the church, and you know you get a little upgrade, you know. But I was definitely still warped. But once I got out the water, right, <laughs> and um. For me, it wasn't peer pressure. I knew that I needed that cleanse, mm-hmm. but I knew that I was go- for me to be cleansed, God was going to have to put me in the fire. You know what I mean? The infirmities was going to definitely have to be burned out. All those impurities was going to have to mm-hmm. be, because the water just made me clean enough so that they could see what needed to be burnt off. Oh, you on fire today, huh? <laughs> oh, he, he preaching today, man. He going crazy. And so... My brother died the next year after my mom. And so I'm just like, let me, I gotta, I just gotta do better for me. If I die, if I never get out of prison, I still wanna die and people be able to say that I had become somebody. Something, got it. I didn't wanna just die a low life gang member, Roscoe, in prison mm-hmm. who just did low life stuff. You know what I mean? And so in that class, the transformation happened. Because now I start taking it more serious. So from that class, I got I went to uh, CGA, which is Criminal and Gangs Anonymous, and that class was very, very influential in my change. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, Mr. Earl Pride, he was a CGA sponsor. Rest in peace, uh, Earl Pride. Uh, succumbed to uh, COVID. He's actually one of the main reasons I got out of prison, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little, little later. But uh, in that group. Like I said, it was so many OGs. And at that time, you had to be placed in that class. Now, with the earning these extra credits, they just put you in the classes, right? Since CDCR is about rehabilitation, but which they're not. You have to rehabilitate yourself. But I love the fact that I was in the classes during those times because it was that real rawness that I was hearing from these guys. And in CGA Step 2, it says, like, you know, I looked at or I took the example of those who had trudged the path mm. before me out of insanity. Mm. And I always tell people, like, when I joined the gang, I didn't know how to be no crip. You know, all you know is a sur- if you don't gangbang, you just know the surface level of gangbanging. Oh, this is cuz, this is blood, this is hoover. Like, you don't know how to be that. Mm. Oh, guys, let me put on some blue. Like, no, nah, that don't make you a crip. <laughs> so I learned how to become a crip. So I need to have I needed the help to unlearn how to do that. I needed to learn how to rehabilitate myself. I need to learn how to love myself. I need to learn how to show compassion to others. And so I began the journey, man. Uh college, self-help classes, vocational classes, to the point, man, I was I programmed so hard that dudes would see me at six o'clock in the morning when it was time to go to work, and they wouldn't see me until like chow time. Because I was always programming or exercising. I was staying productive with my time. 
The good thing about it is, like I said, the law of attraction. All I thought about, all I thought about was going home. That's all I thought about, being free, getting out of jail, reuniting myself with my family. So that was the biggest concern to me. And like when everybody was hustling, like I had like a little baby weed sack, a little baby tobacco sack, out of selfishness, out of greed, because I just wanted extra stuff. But my, you know, my family took very well care of me. You know, don't hustle when you don't have to. Um, I had a cell phone, and I'm gonna tell you about this. I remember having a dream, right? I didn't have no Sally. I remember having a dream that the the gang. Uh, so they call them IGI. We call them Goon Squad. Uh, it's the gang unit inside of prison. It's like a special task force. They arrest inmates and they arrest officers. Hmm. That's you know doing bad. So I had a dream that they came and searched my cell, but somehow my phone was outside by the handball court, covered in sand. And once they searched my cell, I just walked over there and grabbed it. Why is that even important? Why does that mean anything? I'm gonna tell you. One day they do a they do. A lock is missing at laundry. They say, hey, if they don't find it, they're going to come search every all the buildings. I said, all right, cool. I'm in a cell where I got a little wiggle room to stash before they come to my cell. I'm in Blythe, California. It's extremely hot. It's right there by Death Valley in Arizona. So I got the fan on me. I end up falling asleep. Next thing I know, the, the door is open. I got my cell phone on my hip in my eyeglass case. Officer said, hey, I jump up and said, I said, what, what's going on? He said, it's a search. Heart's racing. I'm like, damn, I just bought this phone. I just spent $1,800 on a cell phone. I'm like, I can't lose this phone. So he said, hey, I ain't, I'm going to just be real quick in and out. I ain't going to touch nothing. Now he's saying this, I want to try to throw the phone right behind the bed because I got a lot of stores, so he definitely ain't going to be on his knees. I said, do I need to uh, grab anything? He's like, nah. So I'm like, all right. He's like, just you know, walk backwards. So he pat me down. He touched the phone case, right, which is an eyeglass case. My mind says, if he grabbed his phone, I'm blazing him. I'm gonna go, that way, I'm going to get the right of regardless. I'd rather go to the hole for fine on the police and I can – you know, yeah, cause I had to, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, you know how I am. I ain't finna go out like, yeah. you know, stupidity. Ignorance at its finest. So he touches it. He lets go. So I'm about to turn. He said, hey, wait, 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 wait. I said, what? He said, what is that? Now I got to think quick on my feet. I pull the phone case out. I grab where the phone is at. It's a Galaxy J1. You pay $1,800 for a Galaxy J1? Yeah, in, in prison, man. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, in prison, nigga. Yeah. That's tax, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Especially, the phones go up when they're not in abundance. So when you don't have a lot of phones on the yeah. yard, I seen a dude pay $2,500 for a phone. Fuck. So, but phones give us a connection back to the streets. Got it. And so, uh, I grab the phone. And I go like this. I said, it's just an eyeglass case. Look, nothing. I said, okay. My heart pounding. Next door, searching, is the goon squad. They would have not had let that slide. At all. 
they would have had to grab that and see that it was nothing there themselves. So that's God's hand on me. Uh, I eventually got caught with a cell phone, but my celly took the write up for me. Mm. Yeah. Bro, you. We a couple episodes ago we talked about grace, mercy, and protection, bro. And you sharing these details with me is doing nothing but reiterating, refreshing, and reminding everybody of all the things that we come equipped with naturally. And you in a what you say a waterless pit. Yeah. So if you're in a waterless pit and you still have access to these unseen benefits that really save lives, change lives, and and propel lives, and you're in a place where everything is hopeless and you're still accessing all these gifts. Exactly. I want to ask you this. Um, because I have a line in a song that I said, I learned the same things you can only learn in prison by taking the time and seeking silence and digging into those books and trying to learn from people who, who are greater than me or went through way more tragedy than I did. And... Um, your story is identical to them. But what I need from you, if you can just tell me, with you working in the chapel and you getting, because I made the album called God Complex, and during that time, I actively studied every single religion. And I found the underlining basis between all of them and how they all can tie and all the subtle differences. But just give me some game. What are some things that were unforgettably said to you or that you overheard while you were working in that chapel that has changed your life forever? You know what? I won't say uh, it was any one thing. Mm -hmm. It was just because I was in a waterless pit, but I worked in a chapel, I was flooded with the living water every day. Mm. And being in that environment, seeing these uh, volunteers come in to teach you know, their respective uh, religion and uh, just being able to be there all the time. My boss was actually a, a pastor in Sacramento at one time, and he was just always telling me, like, you know, you anointed. He used to talk, he just, his biggest thing he used to tell me, he said, Brother David, stay up under the anointing of God, mm. and everything else gonna going to happen. It's going to manifest. And so I would, you know, get off work. I would read my word. I would listen to the word. I want to say, you know what? The biggest thing that helped me, and I know he's under fire or whatever. People may have their own opinions, but it worked for me. Creflo Dollar. I was flipping through the channels one night, and I saw him on. And I only knew him because my mom used to listen to him. I'm like, oh, that's Creflo. Let me listen to him because my mom used to listen to him. And he taught me how to Yield the power of God. He showed me how to use the scriptures. Creflo Dollar? Yeah. The nigga with the airplane? Yeah, man. You know, and, and this, and I'm mm. glad you said that, right? Because a lot of times we get so caught up in a person's that we don't see them no more for the gifts that they have or the quality that they still have. You know what I mean? And the man know the word. Because I learned the word from Crepo Dollar. Regardless of what was going on, he it, knew the it, word. It didn't matter. No plane, no suit. It don't matter. He knew that he word. Knew the word. And how I knew that he knew the word because as I when I uh, eventually read the secret, um, it they all you know 
the power of the Bible, the they all go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And Creflo used to always say, use the scriptures. Tell God the scriptures when you pray. He's a man, he, he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he that he will repent. He has to stay true to his word every day. He's the same today, tomorrow, and forever, right? So, and and how I knew it worked, I said, let me let me test this out. I little sketch. So when I first got to prison, like I said, my mom died. So my aunt, shout out Auntie Terry and Auntie Alice, but Auntie Terry was the one who really, really like just looked out. But this all was new. My aunt is a recovering addict. Mm. She's going through the stress of my, losing my mom, who's her biggest advocate. She's trying to help me out. So before my mom passed, she had put a few hundred dollars on my books. So when I get to prison, I would be straight. And then my Auntie Alice, she would send me $100 every month while I was in reception. So I ate her money, and I could save the money my mom put on there. So the money's starting to get low. Canteen getting low. Crypto Dollar says, pray for abundance. So I get on my knees, and he said, speak over whatever it is that you want in your life. Speak over that situation. So I put up my store bag with, I think, 12 or 13 noodles in there, two bags of beans. I said, Lord, I pray that this bag never empties. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know what I mean? Uh, and I use the scripture, you know. Uh, Did your bag ever empty? My bag never, ever emptied. <laughs> never, ever emptied. And how long was this bag full? This bag was full. I served 15 years altogether, 10 and some change in prison. So in 10 years in prison, the bag never was empty. Always some type of way, some type of year, some type of money, some Always. type of play. It may not have been what you wanted or enough for forever, right. but it was enough for right then until boom, tomorrow came. Boom, I would be I'm good. I'm straight. You know what I'm saying? Uh so I had all of that, man, and so learning the word of God, learning how to commune with God, working in that chapel, my pastor at the time, uh shout out uh Larry Mitchell, Pastor Mitchell. Shout out Pastor Mitchell. You know what I'm saying? Larry Mitchell, man, that's my man's. And uh, he taught us how to pray. You know, we had these chapel groups. And because I worked there, when the class is over, I could still pick his brain. Hmm. So while you took your food, had to wrap it up, and by the time you got home, it's cold, you really don't want to eat no more. You do, but you don't feel like heating it up. Or if you do reheat it up, it just don't taste the same. I'm still getting mine straight off the grill. Straight off the grill. Let me, let me have that. Let me. Well, how, well, well, oh, what do you mean out. by that? Oh, I didn't understand. Oh, good, good looking oh, out. Can you say that one more time? Exactly. And then learned a great deal of peace from my Buddhist uh, friends. Don't, 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 come on now, come on. You know, uh, that was beautiful. Learning how uh, to compose yourself under the, the harshest situations and whatever. I just finished a book by a Buddhist monk called Silence, so you on you on par. Sorry okay. for celebrating too much. And uh, with the with my Islamic uh, brothers, mm-hmm. I learned a great deal of discipline. And I, I I used to love the Muslims because I'd be like, no matter if they're doing wrong or whatever they got going on, and I'm not talking about in the world. I was just talking about in prison. Yeah. 
the dedication to get up and pray five times a day is was strong. there. That's a. I don't think people really understand what that means. That even if I'm taking a nap, I need to get up and go and pray. pray. And if I miss that prayer, I need to make up for that prayer every day. And so I used to be like, hmm. I remember I even tried uh, praying five times a day. And somebody asked me, hey, man, you Muslim? I said, nah, but I figured if you keep your mind on God more than you keep your mind on the devil, mm-hmm. you'll be more godly. So I, I tried that. I couldn't keep that up. It was a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, so shout out to all the Muslims on their dean. <laughs> and uh, so just being in that that chapel, bro, it kept me. It was my hedge of pre- protection. And I, I remember... One of my biggest prayers that I ever made was the prayer of Jabaz. Uh, he's a minor. To talk about him, I think, in a few scriptures, you never hear about him again, right? So his name meant sorrow because his mom said in sorrow I, 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 uh, he was born. So she basically Jabaz is Hebrew for sorrow, right? Mm-hmm. But he made a prayer to God. He said, enlarge my territory, enlarge my tent. In the biblical sense, that's influence. Because in those times, the more land you had, the more space you the more influence yeah. you had. So I made that prayer. And as sure enough as water is wet, man, I had so much favor everywhere I went. Everywhere while I was in prison. God enlarged my territory. Ho ho! Man, we didn't heard that before. Don't act like that didn't, that, didn't, that didn't teach you that back in the day. You didn't hurt that. Now we just got to be able to use it. You feel me? Now that we've grown. And so I made that prayer. Like I said, got transferred, went to Ironwood. Man, my stay there was great as far as prison. I was about to say, this nigga said great. Yeah, okay. Because the favor. I know for a fact the COs didn't see me. They saw God. And the reason why I say that is because Things that I got away with, things that I was allowed to do, it was nobody but God. And I had so much favor with them, with the COs, like, they never really bothered me. They spoke highly of me. Yeah, your time was great. I had a CO yeah. tell, you know, tell me, he said, hey, you don't belong here. Hmm. He said, I've been doing, I've been in law enforcement my whole life. You don't belong here. He said, and you need to fix it. Shout out my man's Conley at uh, Iowa State Prison. Shout out to Conley, man. So, David Spivey, how did you get out? So, bam, with all this programming I was telling you about, learning multiple trades and things of that nature, I did all this before all these laws started coming out, right? Senate Bill 9, Senate Bill uh, 260, 261, and the uh, various other ones that were tailored for uh, minors, those who were under the age when they caught these life sentences. And because of all the progress I had made, I remember even coming down to court, and the district attorney says, before we resentence Mr. Spivey, the district attorney's office would like to go on record and uh, – Applaud Mr. Spivey at his exemplary efforts at rehabilitation. Gotta applaud this nigga right now. Bro, you had favor. Yes. Yes. Now, mm, I don't even know what to ask you because the question that's formulating in my head is so many ways you can ask it. But one, did, 
Did any part of you believe at any time of your sentence that you deserve to be there? Yeah, once I matured, once I came into reality with the heinousness of my actions, mm-hmm. I always said that what I deserve is what I, like, I remember writing my aunt. I told her, I said, listen, don't pray for justice. Pray for mercy. What is, who are you, bro? We went to, we was on a bus with Relly. You was, Tara, you was there. Yeah, yeah. But that's what happened when you go on that journey and discover yourself. And, you know, they say that you, uh, the gold never comes out of the fire the way it went in. Never. And so, I was in the furnace for a while. There was a lot of impurities on me. It was a nice-sized nugget, but it was a lot of gook that needed to come up off of it. And so as the process, the, refin- the refurnishing process goes, you learn more and more about yourself. You learn more and more about what responsibility is, what remorse is, what empathy is. Because at the end of the day, if, like, if somebody would have killed my family member, could I just forgive them? <laughs> so knowing that how difficult that is, I never asked for forgiveness from the family. I don't deserve their forgiveness. You understand what I'm saying? I don't deserve an iota of their forgiveness nor respect. But I have, and I have dedicated my life and honor their family member because I don't want that person's death to be in vain. As great as I am, as great as they are because I do it in their honor and in their memory. So... The board said they want to applaud you for your behavior. And no, this is the district attorney's office. This is when, and this is when Jackie That's Lacey the DA. was. Yeah, this is when Jackie Lacey was the DA. This is like the ultimate I hate criminals district attorney. Oh, shit. And you got to applaud it. Yes. They complimented you. Yes. Okay, On record. Going. So um, I, come, I come to court. I go back down to court for a Franklin hearing, whatever. That's to set the record for an eventual uh, parole hearing for my youth offender parole date which was like maybe 13 years from, from the time that we were actually doing what we are doing. So I get back to prison. Uh, two of my best friends, uh, Keith Dashiell and uh, Dominique Tanks, who are both out, former lifers. Congratulations, of course. Yeah. Uh, Keith is a computer analyst, at a, a software analyst at a Cash App. He learned how to computer code in prison. And Tanks is actually working on... Uh, Send me some Cash App money. He's sending Karen, He's uh, helping Karen Bass with her uh, mayoral uh, candidacy. Yeah, I got great friends. And uh, so I, I come to the yard. They're like, hey, bro, did you put in your commutation? I'm like, nah. They're like, man, put it in, man. I'm like, damn, what, y'all going to jump me or something? So they're like, nah, man, just put it in. You got to put it in. And I was like, all right, all right. This is how you do it. I already had, and this is how I knew that it was my time. Because I forgot how I came up on it, but I ended up coming up on commutation before. And I had my, my uh, teacher print the papers out for me. But I'm looking at the commutation like, what would it take for somebody to commute my sentence? I'm like, well, I'm going to have to probably do something astronomical while What I'm does in that prison. mean, commute your sentence? It's a re- that? reduction. So it's, it's, okay. uh, it's uh, clemency. Okay, gotcha. And, um, and it's, it's rarely, rarely, rarely given out. Used, it used to be... In California, the only way you would get your sentence commuted or receive clemency, somebody in your family has have to know the governor or mm. know their advisors okay. or have donated a big chunk of change to a campaign. Got or, you. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, shout out Jerry Brown for commuting my sentence. Uh, 
So, and uh, shout out Newsom for granting it. So, uh, Jerry Brown, when he was a uh, governor in 76, he's the one who stopped the open sentences and came up with the, the mandatories. Mm-hmm. And that's when the prison population grew out of control. So, in his last stint as governor, he said that he felt bad. He felt responsible for so many prisons and so many people being incarcerated. And uh, so his wife said, well, why don't you use the power you have and grant clemency to those who deserve it or worthy of it, right? And so I wrote the governor's office, asked for an application for commutation, got it back while we're on lockdown, uh, filled it out, created my uh, commutation packet, that I was going to put together and send into the office. And that was one of the longest waits for me, bro. Because this kid named Abel, he ended up getting his sentence commuted first, which was understandable. This kid never had no gang type, no nothing, worked in the program office around all the high-ranking police, got chronos from captains, lieutenants, and oh, it makes sense, okay. There was another guy waiting with me. His name was Ronnie Wagner. He got his sentence commuted too. He had an LWAP. We worked together in education. So I was like, when I heard Abel got his sentence commuted, I ran the education the next day. I'm like, hey, Ronnie, you get your sentence commuted? He's like, no. Nah. Like, All right, I feel cool. I feel better. I said, no disrespect, but I feel better now. Because if both of y'all would have got it and I didn't get it, I would have been feeling like real weird. Yeah. So uh, right before Christmas, got my sentence, uh, my commutation was granted. I got my sentence reducted from 58 to life to 15 to life, mm. which gave me meaningful action at parole very soon. So I started that process, creating a uh, real life prevention plan, writing a crime impact statement, remorse letter to the family, also to the city of Inglewood. Uh, went to parole, was denied. They said that uh, my gang ties were still too recent for them, uh, that I still exhibited signs of peer pressure. Studied where peer pressure was, learned something about peer pressure. I thought peer pressure was always like, hey, can I have that uh, laptop? Like, nah, man, well, let me get this then. Let me... Nah, man, I need, like, nah, I'm trying to do YouTube, too. Like, let me, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Like, you're going to deny me, bro. We just had a great interview. Like, well, and you like, oh, all right, here, man, I can get another one. No, peer pressure is way deeper than that. It's like, it's more internal than it is external. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Facts. The fear of being ostracized. Mm-hmm. The fear of being ridiculed. Mm-hmm. The fear of even, and especially in prison, being attacked. Because you say that you want to change. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that no more. And for me, it wasn't the fear of it being attacked. I wasn't worried about that because I was solid enough to where when I did start making my changes, it was like, for sure, homie. But uh, what took long for me to uh, to uh, disassociate myself was the, the fear of being ridiculed and ostracized. Because here it is, this whole time I've been incarcerated, when I pull up, oh, what's up? Can I, what I brought with? Now it's like, Niggas don't know how to, they don't know what to say. They just, you know what I'm saying? But it was more so, like, the people who knew me was like, what's up, bro? What up? You know what I'm saying? And I had to make the pattern. My Muslim brother, Musa, uh, shout out my boy Dennis Hamilton. That was a good brother right there, a.k.a. Uh-huh. Musa. He, 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 he's definitely on the dean still. But uh, he t- I said, Musa, how do, how do I do it? How do I break away? So before I... I, I that's a hell of a question, man. Your willingness to learn, you soaking everything up from the chaplain, you asking these people these questions is crazy, man. Yeah. Tell me what Moose said to you. So Moose told me, said, he said, you know what? Because Moose was like, give him less and less time. He said, how, he said, how often do you go to the table? And for those who don't know, the table is just the gang areas. You got like the neighborhood table, 
Raymond table, East Coast table. You got the Damu table. You got a Hoover table, Gangster table, Long Beach table, Compton and Wads. You got all these damn tables, you know what I'm saying, and uh, that nobody own or have any say-so over when it comes wow. to the police, yeah. just like these streets. Exactly. And uh, I said, I go every day. He said, well, he said, all right, this week, missed two days. I said, all right. I only missed one. I said, Musa, I only missed one. He said, I knew you would only miss one. That's why I said two, so that the one wouldn't be hard for you. He said, now this week, miss two. He said, then miss two days in an hour. Just build it up. So I started finding cats that I could walk the track with, and we could talk about prolific things. We might even just be goofing off. We might be talking about girls back in, oh, man, I used to date this girl. Well, yeah, man, I remember, like, but I always hung with the OGs because the OGs had the knowledge. Who better to ask how to stay out of trouble than a person who was always in trouble and now is out of trouble? So, you know, shout out my boy Steve Martinez as well, man. OG up out of Sacramento. A real live street legend. And he changed his life. And I used to be with him all the time. You know what I'm saying? He would call me kid. You know what I'm saying? He's like, what's up, kid? Big old light-skinned dude. You know what I'm saying? Hella cool. And I remember one time being inside a uh, building maintenance was a class. We learned how to build houses. And the teacher would leave. We would go jump on the phone, right? So I'm about to get on the phone. And he was like, hey, man. He's like, man. He's like, Roscoe, you got life. Them fools ain't got life. If you get caught, he said, man, they can hit you with attempted escape. And woo, woo, you trying to blow your chance on getting out of prison? Boom. All you got to tell me is something right one time. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm mature enough to receive. Mm. You see what I'm saying? When you're not mature enough to receive it, it's like casting pearls before swine. The pigs don't know that that's precious. Yeah. They're going to trample it. Mm-hmm. So I could receive. I said, all right, stop doing it, right? Nardi, who I told you all about, was my original mentor. Nardi was from Skyline in San Diego. And, no, my bad. Sorry, Nardi. Lincoln Park. And uh, it was a G, but he wasn't on that tip no more. He didn't go to the blood table. He didn't do nothing. Maybe every now and again he'd give it up, messing around. Ah! And I said, Nardi, how do I change, man? How do I, how do I leave them alone? And he told me, he said, what did Nardi tell me? Nardi said, you know what? You got to have more positive things to do than not. He said, because they're not going to want to be around you if you're on your positive tip. Then I had a brother named Brother Jawad. He used to be from uh, Padre Avalon. I said, man, Jawad, how did you do it? How do I do it? He said, when you first do it, they're going to make you feel like you abandoned them. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel like it too. He said, but that's going to pass. He said, and when you stay true to who you are, he said, the real ones will come back around. They'd, you know, they'd be cool with you, whatever, whatever. He said, but that's not what it's about. So I did the research before I ever did the action because I needed to know and I needed to prepare myself because I knew I didn't want to be ridiculed or ostracized. I didn't I didn't want to be the dude they say, oh, you know, Sam Muff has come to jail and go, you know. Square, yeah, you're square, that, yeah. Now, oh, you weren't going to class on the streets? Yeah, you're right, stupid. That's why I'm in jail now. I yeah. should have been going to class. Yeah. I should have been in church. I should have been receiving it. So that happened for me. And the great thing is how powerful God's hand was on my life that I was able to be an example for others. So I started a trend on the yard. I would stop calling people by their gang names. 
I call by the real name. I'm talking about reputable essays, white boys. And I remember one of my best moments in prison because I became a facilitator, which means I was teaching the classes. I was teaching self-help classes. And I be, uh, received my certification in uh, alcohol and drug studies. And so I was a counselor in the ACP, the class that changed my life. I was uh, the head facilitator in um, CGA. Come on now. Uh, so, and I eventually, before I left Ironwood, I created my own class called Communication of Freedom. Uh, it was a skinhead in there. Big, corn-fed white boy. And he was a real skinhead soldier. He had the boot tatted on his forehead and everything, right? Then put in work and everything. He looked up to me. I remember one day him walking up to me and saying, hey, Spivey, I got so much respect for you, man. Hmm. I'm just sitting there because this is a skinhead. He got a boot on his head. This is a skinhead. And he's like, I I just wanted to let you know I got so much respect for you and I look up to you. You've helped me become a better father. Thank you so much. <laughs> nigga, cool with the skinheads. We didn't. Wow. We didn't. <laughs> wow. Wow, nigga. Because as a man, it takes a lot of humility to walk up to another grown man and tell them that. Rocks. Especially when you were breeded to hate him. Thank you. And took an oath to do so, right? And took an oath. So. Me being a facilitator is really what helped me get out of prison because prisoners, convicts, bro, are the harshest critics. If you say that you like living right, oh, we, we want to see you living we right. We want to see that. So I knew that I couldn't do things that I used to do. I would still drink in the cell or whatever at, uh, you know, on occasions or what have you. But, like, I stopped, I stopped gambling. I stopped doing a lot of crazy stuff. Because I knew it was eyeballs watching me. And I didn't want to be responsible for derailing somebody else's rehabilitation. Mm. So it kept me on the up and up. So, boom. I got denied parole for three years. Uh, eventually, I uh, ended up transferring, dropped points, went to a level one. I was like, what? I'm going to go into a level one? And everybody's like, yo, Spivey, how did that happen? What would you do, man? What, excuse me. What paperwork did you file? I'm like, bro, I don't even know. They just called me and told me I'm going to a level one, man. You know? I was like, and like, because we always, we, in prison, we always joke about the level one dudes. Like, oh, you're a level one killer. Because dudes on a level one, it's like you, you, you're there for petty crimes. But they act like they're the toughest dudes in the world. Mm. So I remember joking. I told somebody, I said, hey. I'm literally a level one killer now. And they were like, man, you a fool. So, boom, I go to um, go to level one. I was denied parole for three years, 18 months. The board themselves advanced my hearing. The board themselves. And at the first board hearing, I had a dude named uh, Excelsior Sharif, right? Black man. I can't remember the, uh, the deputy commissioner name, but the commissioner, the head person, he told me at, uh, at closing, he said, man, when I first saw you, I thought, what a waste. He said, but as you kept talking, I saw me. And he said, I changed it. And I said, not what a waste, what great potential. So even though they denied me, they set it up on record for me to be able to get my hearing advanced within 18 months. Hmm. Go back to parole board, December 23rd, 2020, granted parole, 120 days later, I was released back into the streets. And what you do your first day? Did you get some arse? No, that was the second day. Okay, okay, I was just making sure because the arse has got to be in the plan. It got to be in the plan. 
Yeah, it didn't fall through the first night, but the second second day was it was. Wait, somebody practice. curbed you on the first? Oh hell. yeah, bro. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, see, I, I might have to go back if you curb me on the first night. We. Uh, I, I, she got curved back. Okay, that works. You know I mean? That works. So, <laughs> That's a little safer. You yeah. Know what I'm saying, uh, shout out to all my exes. So uh, that happened uh, three days out of prison. No ID, no birth certificate, no social security card. I had a job. Bro, who are you, bro? What? You're the exception to every single rule that we have had established in our brain for I don't know how long. Three days, no ID whatsoever. You get a job where, when, how. What? So I'm at the halfway house in uh, Hollywood on uh, Bine and Franklin. So walk down. I got on a uh, tank top. Lady's like, hey, you can't. I said, no, you ain't got to say nothing. I didn't know. Won't have it against you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. She said, do you have any plans on working? I said, hell yeah. Boom. She hit me up with a uh, staffing agency. Uh, get on the bus, train. My homegirl was like, are you stupid? I'm sending a car for you. Get your butt, go inside of whatever is the most established. established Did she send an Uber for you? She sent me Because before you went in, in 2006, nigga, there's no Uber. No Ubers. There's no taxis and that's buses. It, that's it. So We got scooters and shit now. Right. And I, I hate scooters. Uh, I cannot stand it's, them. It's weird. At all. You guys are not drivers. I'm At so, all. You know, so I'm sorry. Let me They're pedestrians. No, we understand. But uh, go out there. I'm talking to the guy who uh, who she had to connect with. And I was, he was like, hey, man, make sure you go to the job. And I told him, I said, hey, look, I just did 15 years on a life sentence. <laughs> I said, I've I'm never had ahead. a job in my life. Yeah. I said, I want to work. He said, you're going to be appreciative. And I said, yeah. So they sent me to, I like to call the... Uh, Spanish Amazon. It was like this big old warehouse with Pisces. I'm the only like black person there. But the Pisces lady showed me so much love. I speak a little bit of Spanish, so they love me. Because you went to co- the, the classes. Yes. You took the Spanish classes. Self-taught. <sighs> Self-taught. Um, showing you favor again. I wake up. I hated that job. Uh... Get up the next morning. Uh, Naomi says, "Hey, did uh, Raul call you?" I said, "No." She said, "Oh yeah, they got he got you a better job." I said, "For real?" She said, "Did he tell you how much you pay?" I said, "No." I said, "How much?" She said, "I'm gonna let him tell you." She said, "But it's way more than your last job. Last job was like the fifteen for an hour." Mm-hmm. So now here I am making eighteen ninety five, fresh out of prison. Uh, at the at the new job that he got me uh, at another warehouse. What is so cold about it is I get to the warehouse. These dudes have been working here five, six, seven years. I make more than them. I have not an idea, not one iota on how to do what they do. When I say they're the shit, they're exactly the shit at what they do. Me, did not know what to do. I'm working graveyards, never had a job. I'm going to work tired because I'm still trying to stay up late on the phone, talking to girls. Because I'm like, well, I used to do this in prison. I could ju- Prison jobs do not equate to real-life jobs. Mm. Because you can take a day off in prison, and it is what it is. You cannot do that out here. Uh, worked that job. They couldn't stand me. I never told them that I spoke Spanish because I wanted to hear what they said about me. There's a lot of crap talking, a lot of racism, racism going on. Until one day, one of the customers asked me a question in Spanish. He asked me, was the corn yellow or white? And then I told him, you know, it was yellow. Uh, and uh, one of the guys who had been talking crap, 
He said, ah, oh, man, these freaking Mexicans. I said, oh. And I think he was like, that didn't really bother me. Like, it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I guess he thought I would, because he thought I didn't speak Spanish. So he walks up to me and asks me, <laughs> excuse me, he asked me a question in Spanish, and I respond. He said, you understand Spanish? I said, yeah, I heard everything you said. He said, I said, it's good. I said, when we ignorant because we're afraid of something that we don't know about or we see something that's not the usual, it makes sense to go straight for the hate because that's what we talk. I said, but it's all it's all good because you've helped me out before. So he was like, and he, the word got spread around. Hey, DJ knows Spanish. So watch what you say. Started working at Caltrans, and my best friend, he did not want me to work at Caltrans. My boy Keith was like, no, bro, you're too smart for that. We want you working at ARC. And I was like, no, because I had to go work at Caltrans. I had to work for the state because the state made so much money off of me. Now I want them to write me a check. Mm. But working at Caltrans felt like I was back in prison, so I had to quit. Uh, but... I'd say this, Caltrans, I thank God for Caltrans because, one, because of working at Caltrans, I was in the right place when I needed to be when I went viral and uh, while I was in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Had I still been working at that other job, I wouldn't have been on the streets at that time when I ran into Jadion. Uh, number two, now I do private security for uh, celebrities. And well, I need some security guards for August Fest. Can you hook me up? Oh, for real? Yeah, dead ass. All right, after this, I'll call my boss. Okay. Yes! 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 Yeah. Why you don't get excited, bro? <laughs> All the years of heartbreak fucking I'm just, with them I'm Eagles, that's like... why. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I, I just remember yeah. when they knocked out your boy. Don't do that. Bang. Don't do that. Because we one for one. Don't do that. That's cool. Don't do that. But you're only as good as your last one. Will y'all ever be back, though? Uh, Probably before the Patriots. Stop! No. Stop, bro. That, that's been God Talk, y'all. We're going to end the show right there. Um, But just... The moment about you going viral. Let's talk about that because uh, when I when we uh, rekindled in the mall right outside of Foot Locker again, shout out to Shoes for just making great things happen. Yes. Um, you say you a YouTube star. You got a YouTube show, yeah. uh, Triple R Podcast, yeah, right? Triple R Podcast. All right, bust that down, man. So, bam, I'm walking down the street, bro. And I, so when I got out of prison, well, while I was in prison, I used to listen to Up on Game Podcast, mm-hmm. right? And uh. With Playsco Birds and all them. Yep. So I was like, damn, I want to do this. But I want to do a motivational version, inspiration. Because of my life story, I said, well, if I could change one person, right? And it's crazy because I'm like real big into Marvel. Mm-hmm. And uh, you seen Endgame before? Yeah. So you remember when she came was like, I need, he was like, uh, the Hulk was like, I need that stone. She yeah. said, well, if I give it to you. And I, and I said, well, that's what happens when you commit a murder. You break this loop in time. Because you you alter history permanently. Because I always tell people this. When you kill a person, you kill everything that, with, that was going to come forth from them. So if I never killed my victim, that person had a kid. And then that person had a kid. And then that person had two kids. And later on down the line, that one kid cured cancer. It came from, that one, it came from my victim. So since I took that away from the world, I need to change the world again, but in a positive sense. 
So if I could change one person's life, get one kid, one person, one adult to stop doing what they're doing and go and be better, then I am responsible for altering the world, the universe, in a positive manner. Let me ask you this. With you taking somebody's life, do you think that you have done enough? Do you think you have done the best in your physical possibilities to make that right? No. What can you do more, or what do you plan to do more? I can never do anything to never. replace that because I w- I've been asked this question before, or we at- this question was asked in prison. But uh, So the rebuttal is, how valuable is your life? Mm. So if your life is invaluable, if, if you can't put a price on it, if your life is priceless, then how can I p- repay a priceless? But it's more, debt? my question is more, um, just more personal, just about your journey after. Do you believe that you have really dedicated your your life to making things right enough for right now to be where you are in that's that's the question. Do you feel like you've done everything in your possible your possibility your possible life is me being sober messing me up right now? Have you done everything in your life to make sure that this is right enough for you, as much as in your control? Do you think you've done that? Um, so that's a hard one to answer, truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, just out of the humility of that question, because, again, I'm like, I'm always conscious of, like, like I, I rob life. And so I'm doing everything I can every single day that I'm alive to be better than I was the day before in order to honor and uplift this person's uh, name, this person's legacy, this person's memory. That way, so my ultimate goal is to become a, a motivational speaker, uh, actually the top motivational speaker in the, uh, in the country. And, uh, Hi. and the reason I want that so bad is because I yearn to help. I yearn to help, like, uh, a, a, a sneakerhead yearns a new a new release, and I'm a sneakerhead, so it's like if somebody told you right now, okay, if somebody told you right now, uh, yeah, I had on the uh, Jackies the other day. Yeah, I seen you. Yeah, so yeah, I seen it. I was just <laughs> I was just checking. So uh, it's like I cannot not help hmm. if I see a person going wrong. So like with the YouTube channel. I wanted the podcast so bad, right? So my boy, he was more technologically, he knew more. Like, we got out of prison. He was putting songs to the stories on Instagram. I'm like, how did he do that? What What do you got? I didn't, I, all my stories was just, like, just pictures. Just pictures. I didn't even know that I could hit this button and put Boomerang to it. I'm like, how did he words. do that? Yeah, so I'm like, well, hey, bro, I always wanted to start a podcast. He's like, yeah, man, I want to start one, too. My his sister, this is crazy about the bloodline. His sister had life in prison for murder. She's home now, got her sentence overturned. She just took the baby bar. She's on her way to become a lawyer. That's fire. Uh, I think she's going to be working with Kim Kardashian, too. So she did 13 um, years. Can you tell Kim to leave Kanye alone? No, I'm just saying. Why are you, why are you over there getting your law? <laughs> why are y'all getting your lawyers on? Just tell, leave, leave us alone. All right. uh, I, I put a word in. Yeah, put a word, please. So he was like, yeah, me and my sister want to do it. Uh, it's a lot of passive income. Woo, I'm a hard cool for sure. I know what I bring to the table. I know that at the drop of a hat, if you, if right now one of your subscribers said, hey, tell him to come to such and such right now to speak, I can go there and speak. 
and make I don't it need valuable. To yeah. Sit there and I need some time to no no no. What what are we talking about? <laughs> Boom, I can go. Uh I took Toastmaster while I was in prison as well. So Toastmaster, what's that? It, uh public speaking. Okay, got it. And then I also took a class on public speaking in college. So uh lost train of thought for a second. So his, I wanted his to do that, making a podcast. but it was taking it forever. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, bro, what's up with the podcast? We still going to do it? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he, it was not out of malintention. And this is, and, 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 and I go back to say, like, how great God is. Because when God has something for you, he wants to give it to you. That way you know it came from him. Not, all right, Sean put me on and whoopty, whoopty, whoopty. I don't, no, he's like, no, you're going to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting in Taco Bell one day. I was like, well, let me just pull out my phone and make a video. So the original name of my channel was supposed to be Real Shit because I was just going to be giving it to you raw. Uh, so I dropped it, put it on TikTok, upload to YouTube, uh, changed the name, and then got feedback from family members and close friends, and they were saying, man, the message is good, the name is whack. I'm like, well, what do you mean? If My boy said, look, what you said in that video was great, but if my son, if I asked my son, hey, what you watching? He told me, oh, Real Shit? He said, I turn it off. Mm-hmm. Mine said, David, you're too intelligent. You need to pick a better name. So me and my little cousin, we was going over different things, going over different things. He was like, what about uh, Real Recognized Real? I was like, yeah, Triple R. And so when I did it, I spelled it T-R-I-P-P-L-E-R podcast. Mm-hmm. And the P-P is positives, positiveness and progression. That's what the two P's stand for. The, the three R's, Real Recognized Real. And... So I changed the name, started making a little bit more videos, had like 41 subscribers, all friends and family and friends of them, friends of theirs. And I was trying to like, you know, run it up, walking down the street. I I leave Caltrans. I leave Caltrans. I had 112 TikTok followers. 45 to 50 of them were spam accounts that would follow you. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to do it because I'm trying to get my thousand so I'll be able to go live. And so... uh. Get off work early. I get back to Hollywood super early. I was working in uh, Granada Hills. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like, should I go straight to the gym? Should I go to the halfway house? If I go to the halfway house, I'm probably going to go to sleep. So I'm walking. I see this girl that I used to always see on my way to the gym. And I was like, well, let me go see what's up with her. Say what's up to her and stuff because I never get to just holler at her or nothing. Boom, I was like, oh, she with a boyfriend. I'm like, boom, let me walk back this way. So I'm walking, 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 walking. I get to uh, Ivar and Hollywood Boulevard. I see this black dude. He got on a shirt that says Raw Dog. Raw Dog or something, right? So I make a joke. I said, man, that used to be me back in the day. So he laughed. He said, man, no, it's really a real thing. Like, Google us. I said, okay, for sure. But then, boom. I see, I'm like, wait a minute. Is that somebody filming him? So I said, hey, man, you know, you, is that a podcast? And he's like, now, this guy's a prankster. This is another example of the power of God. This dude makes his living. His He's notorious for doing pranks. He's the guy who got his hair cut at the basketball game. And uh, so shout out J.D. on, man, because he definitely shouted me out and, and threw me in a stratosphere. He's like, yeah, Joe Rogan podcast. So I'm like, okay, hell yeah, Joe Rogan podcast? So he's like, I said, hey, yeah, man, I just got out of prison, man. How does all, I'm trying to start my own podcast. How does all this work? So he goes, you know, right now we're live streaming. Say what's up to the chat. I thought he said, say what's up to Chad. So I say, what's up, Chad? 
And he's like, so right now the chats, uh, they like you. You're streaming off W's. Uh, somebody in the chat says, uh, what'd you go to prison for? I said, murder. He said, oh, shit. And he didn't know what to say. He was like, well, you're home now. I said, yeah, man, I had life. And I said, hey, uh, if it's any youngsters out here watching this and you're grinding, you're making money illegally, you're grinding just to go to jail. You're grinding to go to jail and have nothing to show but pictures because a lot of the dudes that you know who've gone to jail, who was like real t big bosses, had a lot of bread on the streets, bro, a lot of the time it does not transfer into prison with them. Girls run off with money, family, especially when you get a lot of time. Family members start messing off your money. So I done been in jail with dudes who, when you look at their pictures, they was up. And now they got to ask you for a soup. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or dudes that was having it their way and now they in prison and they don't got no way to have it. They, so I was just wanting the kids to know, like, all you're going to have is you're going to be throwing all these stones at the prison just to show pictures. That, so you can call, hey, hey, Sean, go on my Instagram and uh, print my pictures for me, man. I got to show these dudes how they living, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, you think you can send me $25 or something, too? Oh, man, it's kind of hard right now. But you just tricked off four, five hundred dollars on, on on a female who you didn't even get to hit. You just was trying to impress her, so that maybe in two weeks you can hit, because she's playing hard to get, right? So, I always try to warn these kids that don't turn your back on the ones that love you for the ones who will abandon you, mm -hmm. because that was my one of the biggest things I learned when I was in prison was that. Those that I turned my back on, I didn't know that the whole time they were still standing there waiting on me to turn back around. Mm. And the people that I turned my back on them for turned their back on me and never turned around. Facts. You feel me? So my biggest thing is I want kids to know, like, you have an opportunity, right? Uh, no matter what you're going through, no matter what choices you made, and I always say, I don't care if you gang bang. I don't care if you sell drugs, if you're doing drugs, you're a thief, booster, whatever they call them, you're a prostitute, you don't have to stay that. If you want better for your life, better is out there. You will get better if that's what you want. Your intentions have to be set on that. And number one, you have to believe that you're worthy of it. You have to believe that no matter what you've done, and this is what's big for me, and I know it's hard for every, it's hard to forgive yourself and, and put yourself in a position to receive the blessings of God. Because you can't block your blessings by not believing. You know, you, you be like Dalton Thomas. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, go to God. Go to your higher power, your creator, who, whomever it is that you receive that, that spiritual strength from. Because you need a spiritual connection in order to make it and overcome challenges in life. So go to that person. Ask for forgiveness. And know that they will, re they will forgive you. Receive that in your spirit and in your mind understand that you are forgiven that what you've done is no longer who you are and start working on a new person who you want you know they say have the vision board but have a vision board for you not just of the material things you want the characteristics you want i want to be upstanding i want to be honorable i want to you know exactly mm. i want all these things i want to be that if i make a mistake i want to have enough courage to say my bad hey i apologize for that I want to say if I wronged you, hey, brother, I, I, I apologize for that. Can you forgive me? Can we work that out? If I wronged you, I want to be able to uh, make that right. I want to pay my reparations to you. How did I harm you? 
brother, we were supposed to do the show. I lost a sponsorship because of that. What can I do? What can I do to make that right? Can I do this, that, that? Can I come watch the party bus? Can I, because you was counting on me and I let you down. Can I fix that? I want to repair that. I don't want to have that old, it is what it is. Shit, I ain't tripping. You ask me. No, 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 no. I try to live my life today honoring, first and foremost, first and foremost my, the victim of my crime, their family, but also all my victims from, from the times I've stolen out of stores, broken in a home, bust somebody's window, stole from the ice cream truck. I want to honor everybody that I've ever done wrong, girls I cheated on and my mom that I lied to, people that I lied to, teachers that tried to help me, but I, I, I shunned them. I try to live my life every day and be the person that they was wanting me to be, the person they was expecting me to be, the person that is worthy of being respected. You can't do that if you live in your life. Oh, oh well, I ain't seen him in 15, 16 years. Who cares if I don't see him no more? No, 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 that's not how life works. If you want to live upstanding, you got to be doing good for good to continue to come back to you. Do you lose sleep at all? No. I my. My girlfriend always clowns because I, uh, I when I first came out, I was going to sleep in movie theaters and everything. Because that was so much, so uncomfortable, or that that process of you trying to go to sleep in there wasn't easy. No, it wasn't. You know what? I gained peace a long time ago. Hmm. I gained peace a long, long time ago, and I really received God's forgiveness. Hmm. And I told myself, if God forgives me, who am I to hold myself in tarnation? So when can we find um, your podcast? When do you, do you go live? Is it pre-recorded? Uh, how can we stay along, follow along? So um, I do uh, I do inspiration, motivational uh, videos. I live stream. Mm-hmm. So you can I'm I'm on YouTube Triple uh, R T R I P P L E space R podcast. Type me in search bar pop up. You see the face, you'll know it's me. Like, subscribe, share, comment. I, I'm very engaging with my fans. Well, I don't call them fans. I call them the Army for the Triple R. You know what I'm saying? So I engage with the Army heavily. Uh, I got a Discord for people who really want to be engaged mm-hmm. with each other as well as myself. And I'm on talk, TikTok. It's uh, always in first, 88, A-L-W-A-Y-Z, the letter N, F-I-R-S-T, the, the number eight, the number eight. I post on there, Instagram, triple R, uh, triple, underscore R, underscore general. I'm on there. DM is always open to anybody. Uh, I'm open book. I don't hide it because I feel like if you hide it, you'll hurt somebody who needs to hear that mm-hmm. real. You know, everybody don't want invitation crap me. Some people only want that real. Yeah. So I want to always give them that read. I would believe your story more if you had, like, tats on your face or something. Yeah. Like, if you had, like, some tattooed tears and, like, wow, nigga, on your forehead or something, maybe I'll believe it. But you still look like David on West Bus getting on that motherfucking bus on Christian Florence with the backpack. I yeah. cannot unsee that no matter what. And I, I got a feeling that's kind of what God sees as well. And you know what? The reason why, because I got tattoos all here, mm. here, 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 uh, on my back. Uh, my mom asked me not to get all them tattoos on my face and all okay. that stuff. You honored that. I did. And uh, also, I remember when I had a homeboy, 
I got a tattoo that's right here that he wanted me to get across my neck. It's a gang tattoo. And I was like, nah, I can't do that. that that's, not part of the, uh, that's not part of the plan. And he'd be like, well, because uh, he knew I was uh, spiritual uh, into God. And he was like, um, well, if God, you know what I'm saying, you, you say you believe in God, if God going to let you be free, he's going to let you be free. No matter what you got. I said, yeah, but nobody buys a mansion that, uh tag on it. At all. So I'm going to keep my mansion clean. Mm-hmm. So when it's time to be appraised, I get full value. Yeah, full value. And he didn't get that. That was a hell of a metaphor, brother. The thing, and you know why he didn't get that? Because he didn't get himself yet. And we always sell ourselves short when we don't fully understand who we are. You're going to miss a lot of messages. You know what I mean? Because it's like, like we're being rude. Most rude people are rude because they don't understand that they have a gift to this world, but they just don't want to give it. Because when you rule, guess what? You cut off blessings. You you just cut off blessings. If you're not engaged, like, being connected with God led me to walk down that street to have a, the most, and I don't believe in randomness because I, I practice law of attraction. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you don't understand that, you'll be like, that was the most randomest interaction of all time. And this dude shouted my channel out, bro. I remember getting a pedicure. I'm sitting in the uh, chair getting a pedicure, sipping champagne, and... That's a bar. <laughs> and I start getting all these alerts on my phone. Like, what the So I go to YouTube and my subscribers is going. Remember, I got off work at two o'clock that that uh afternoon, right? And by five o'clock, I, I got off work at, at two o'clock with only forty one subscribers. By five o'clock that evening I was at three thousand. I went to the gym. I was at 5,000. When I left the gym, I was at 7,500 and some change. Before I closed my eyes, I was, I was, I was at 10K. All off of being your real self in the middle of a prank. Exactly. And what was so crazy about that, because I remember when we first got out, me, KD, and uh, uh, Tanks, we had went to these uh, to uh, one of Katie's lady friends' house. It was uh, her friend's birthday, and we in there. We saucy. Well, I'm saucy. I'm talking crap. Whoa, whoa, whoa. and I'm making jokes. I'm clowning them, and I'm like, "What you say, boy? I ain't man. Speak up. You wasn't talking all like that. All that low stuff in prison." And and then so uh, Dominique Tanks was like, "Man, he was like, man, you probably don't want to be, you know, saying the jail stuff so much." And I was like, "Well, you ashamed of your story, man? My story is power. I'm ashamed of what I've done." But I'm not ashamed of my story. You see what I'm saying? Because my story is that of the, the 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 power and the strength and will to overcome like one of the greatest obstacles in life, like life in prison, to life in society. And so, hmm. and so, um, had I took his advice, I would have never told JD on my story. Hmm. But it's my story, and I'm going to tell it how I want to. Because I have another best friend, Jesse. He shuns away from talking about his life in the street, his past in the streets and the, in prison and stuff like that. But I think he's like, yeah, man, you don't want to. I said, well, look, that's for you. I'm going to tell my story because my story is going to help somebody. And that's the only reason why they say the only way to have a testimony, you got to go through the test. So I'm not going to dumb down what God took me through, brought me through and gave me the strength to overcome 
just because it the chance you, you may ridicule me or you may. Yeah, I get that. You know what I'm saying? Your story makes you uncomfortable. That's on you. But there's a kid right now that needs to hear what I just said today. Because when I saw you and you was like, yo, man, I just got out of prison. I just did 15 years. And I, I'm familiar with a lot of people maybe saying that, but they kind of use it as a badge of an honor yeah. or, or a real nigga award or something right, like that. Right. But when you told me, it was like, hmm, that's a story there. And it felt like you told me because I knew who you were before. Exactly. And it was like, okay, I missed the middle, but he's going to fill me in. But I was able to see him on the bus, and I'm seeing him now with a smile on his face, getting his jewelry clean, spending some bread at the mall around of back to – you remember Tyrone from Taft? He was tall, tall, dark skinned. Yeah, yeah. He was like, a, he was hunched over a little mm-hmm. bit, but he was athletic. But he ran that. Like, oh, that wow. back to he said Adidas gave him fifty bands and a thousand backpacks. He wow. put that shit together. So after me running into you, and then I ran into Oscar Belfield. I was there. He went to Taft too, right. and then I walked right up to Tyrone. So the energy was just in the building of just game changers. So he was in there and his company, big shout out to uh, him, shout out to Tyrone. It's called It's Bigger Than Us. And Ooh. that's his nonprofit. So with us three alone being in that in that mall and being vessels of the Holy Father, I feel like again, God is completely up to something. I may not know exactly what it is. We never do. But it is huge and it is gonna be written story stories are gonna be written, Bibles are gonna be written about what's going on right now. Um, but we got triple R, we done been all in your business, we didn't walk you through the yard, we didn't walk you down the block before you join the gang, when you join the gang. Um, the floor is yours, man. Say whatever you feel we miss, say whatever you want, motivate the people whenever whatever way you feel is best. So I I definitely appreciate this, man. because uh, one of my goals is that uh Grow my channel to a million subscribers this year. We had 135,000 right now. Don't stunt, because I only got 800. Okay. Hey, shout out to 800. And, uh, <laughs> 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 shout out to 800, man. Shout out 800, man. Shout out y'all. Shoot. 800, I, it, excuse me, especially when they loyal. That's that's, that's hey, solid. Facts. And Because uh, uh, they just had, a, I just seen a girl had 2.6 million, and she tried to sell some shirts and couldn't even sell them. So, Ouch. You know. But, uh, uh. I'm building my core, my core uh, followers, because I got a lot of followers just because of the JDion shout out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have a lot that have been engaging with me. Uh, so my my goal is grow to a million this year. Uh, the million will show me my growth. Um, but more importantly than anything, man, because it, it's not about just like, oh yeah, I got a million subscribers on YouTube. Oh yeah, I got this. Oh I got, no. I just want to be a vessel for change, hope, and redemption. Right now, to anybody that's listening, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're facing or will face, understand that you got this. Understand that what people say on the outside of you does not matter. The only opinion that matters is yours. But if you believe their opinion, whether it's right or wrong, or whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. The power of the mind is so strong because it dictates feelings urges and creates actions no matter what you're going through just tell yourself i got this no matter what's going on i got this my man's bus got broken into but he got this never allow circumstances to define to define you i want everybody that's listened to this who will listen to this or who will talk about this take this away you're never you're never too small to overcome anything. 
So stop allowing the circumstances to define you and you define them. What you're hearing today was purposeful. You were meant to hear this. How? How do DJ, how do I know that? Because I was supposed to die in prison. And if that if man's if man's way, man's will would have taken precedence, presidents, you wouldn't have heard this. But God, always remember that when you go into something, always just say those two words, but God. Mm-hmm. And you can fill in whatever, but God will supply, but God will nourish, but God will direct, but God will protect. And don't give up. Just give in to the Holy Spirit. Just give in to that. Stay great above the hate. Clothesline coming soon. (laughs) But stay great above the hate. Life's beating you up enough. Don't beat yourself up. Keep it great. It's been a pleasure. It's your boy DJ, Mr. Triple R. I love you. God love you. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm pretty sure I'm almost positive this ain't his last time going to pull up to God talk, man, because you smoke. I do. We have to smoke a blunt together. So just give me this five days, or if you want to come back after five, we can get it high. But right now, we fasting everybody on the August fast that's going to pull up to August fest. I praise your name. God love you. I love you. There's nothing you could do about it, man. Triple R Podcast. Make sure you subscribe ASAP. No, he don't need no more subscribers. Man, give me that subscription. I definitely do. Subscribe. Comment. Tell me you came from God's Talk. Shout out God's Talk. Uh, I definitely appreciate this opportunity. Because I don't, I don't see anything as small or minute. I see everything as grand Amen. and purposeful. So I really appreciate this, brother. What you're doing is amazing. Alignment, truly. You know what I mean? I'm praying to God that I can set up something like this in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I or just use this one. I def- oh, that facts. I would definitely will be. Yeah. Well, then the pull-up will definitely be real. Say less. Because um, I know how to get here without GPS now. Thank you. Um, but no, bro, real talk, uh you know, you talked about how much you know me, but I've been knowing you, and uh, you know, uh, he was always the big dude with, with with a cool swag. You know what I mean? Uh, you hear that, Relly? You hear that, Relly? Ah, uh, shout out, to, hey, shout out, Relly, because Relly called me right after I got into the fight with Kenny. He said, "Yo, That's he said, crazy. yo, I heard you whooped him out, bro." He called us Relly. And so, uh, you know, uh, to see you doing what you're doing, bro. Like I told you when I first came in, I said it makes sense. You was always into the, the music studio scene and everything. So it only makes sense that you would master this and just be so great at what you're doing, brother. I really appreciate it. And I'm and I definitely going to be leaning on you to learn. Uh, I, right here on camera, Likewise. this is going to be one of my mentors. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you remember this dude, really? You know him? From the West Bus? You know that? Man, he better know little Take David. your glasses off, David. You remember my nigga David from Tab? Yeah, dude. <laughs> 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 he was just leaky. He said he said you hit him up right after that Kenny fight, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yo, David, I heard you whoop Kenny. That shit funny, man. But you know, I had to, I had to call you while we was, while we was on the let, show. We let me put it on the, the record. Show. Justin instigated. He, you, he definitely instigated. August instigated the whole I'll be thing. Be staying out of that, man. He instigated that. What you want? It looked like you sleep, nigga. I it looked like you sleep. Oh shit! Oh yeah, get my bag. Get your rest, nigga. All right.
But that's my brother Relly, man. It's good to see us still living, still healthy, peace, still breathing. Rest in peace to my brother Eddie. Uh, we got a, a lot of things to accomplish. We got a lot of unity to grow. We got a lot of maturing to do, man. And today is only a step further in the right direction. So, again, shout out to my brother DJ for pulling up and being an open book. Um, hopefully he'll pull up and get cracking with Triple R here some kind of way. And uh, we just become Fast. family after that. Fast. Fast. Ain't no, ain't no hesitance about it. Uh, but again, I'll see y'all on Wednesday. Y'all already know somewhere between 9 and 10. And then uh, we're going to wrap it up on Friday. And we're going to finish Friday. We're going to be fun. We're going to celebrate this fast. And we're going to smoke a big blunt together. And that's all. That's all. All right. God Talk Live, man. Peace out. I appreciate that, man. Me, that's preference. Brain on full, but the rest is hairless. I call you to the crib when the world get careless. On your inside upholstery, feel like the ocean. Man, a raincoat, neck back when you throw me. Take me away from all of this whole shit. You ain't hide nothing but the pussy sugar coat. Touch me like you can. Can't get this love from a body Sometimes it's shit, but not tonight. Cause you know how to give me what I like Bow down and pray